Hey there, welcome to the Courage Cast. My name is Andrea Crisp, and this is episode number 43. Owning your story can be very empowering, not only in our personal lives, but also in business. So today I'm chatting with Kay Fabella about the process we go through as entrepreneurs to connect with one another through the power of story. And as a business strategist and a storyteller, Kay describes the process in which we all go through when we're looking to pivot in our careers and how we can help bring others along on the journey. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week we'll share real stories of influential women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, Andrea Crisp, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. How many mornings do you wake up and wonder what happened to your dreams? You think about the could-haves and the should-haves. Well, it's time to own your breakthrough and make sure you are living your purpose. In other words, doing exactly what you are meant to be doing. Life is too short. So sign up for a free 30-minute strategy session with me, and let's take that first step together. I've been so encouraged lately to connect with amazing women around the world who are doing incredible things with their lives. And today I'm talking with a young woman who is smart, passionate, and very talented at not only telling her story, but telling the story of others as well. Originally from Los Angeles, she moved to Madrid, Spain to study where she met and married her husband. As a business strategist, she helps entrepreneurs craft their message to create meaningful communication strategies. It was an honor to speak with her and I enjoyed absolutely every minute of our time together. And I'm really excited to share this episode with you. And I know you're going to be encouraged by listening to Kay share her heart to help others. Here is the lovely Kay Fabella. Kay, I am so excited to have you on the Courage Cast this morning, joining me all the way from Madrid, Spain, which I have to say is really exciting for me because I have not had anyone from Spain on the podcast. And even just to have you as a guest is totally exciting for me. So welcome to the Courage Cast this morning. And likewise, thank you so much for having me. It's been, you know, I've been a fan for a while and it's a real honor for me to be here. Now, I know that you are not originally from um, Spain. And so I know you're probably going to talk a little bit about what that journey was for you to get from where you were born to Spain. Um, But why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe what you're passionate about and who you serve? Yeah, for sure. So I'm Kay Fabella. I'm originally from California and I'm the story finder for pivoting entrepreneurs. So basically, if you're in the process of rebranding and looking to up-level your business quickly, I help you clearly define and upgrade your story to attract the people that you're meant to serve or the new audience that you want to connect with. And I'm also the co-founder of a bilingual branding and web design agency called Brand in a Bottle, which I run here in Spain with two Spanish business partners. And basically, I'm super passionate about stories. I'm passionate about helping creative you know, big hearted business owners who are in the midst of trying to figure out, well, I have a new direction I want to take my business or I have new passions or skills that I've, as I've evolved over time that I want to bring into the fold. And they're not really newbies, but they're looking to connect with a tribe that they know will resonate with their message and story is how I help them do that. So that's what I'm super passionate about. And yeah, I've been in Spain since 2010. 
So about eight years now, whoa, that eight years, I just did that calculation. <laughs> um, and so basically I had studied abroad here for, um, for college, for university, and fell in love with the culture and the language and the people. And I remember saying to myself, I don't know how, but I'm going to find a way back here. And, you know, I finished university, I got my degree, I worked for a little bit and didn't really like it and thought, well, you know, what a great opportunity for me now, because I'd always been somebody who really liked travel and really liked exploration. I'm the second generation uh, Filipino American. So you, when you grow up as the child of immigrants, I think you just know instinctively that the world is bigger and wider than what you immediately have access to. And I really, the wanderlust bug hit me basically. And I said, well, I want to go back to Spain for a start. And I remember my parents saying, well, we're not paying for you this time because you're not in college. And I was like, well, I'll teach English. <laughs> it's the easy way to get there. And that was back in 2010. And I met my now husband who is Spanish and we got married in 2016. So I'm going to be here for a little while, basically. <laughs> yeah. So you've made, you've made the big move. <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> that, that sounds amazing. I, I actually used to live in the U S when I was in college and um, I loved the fact of being able to study abroad and learn just something new from what I had grown up with. And, but oddly enough, I ended up coming back to Canada. Mm -hmm. That was after 14 years and um, fell back in love with Canada and with the kind of multicultural city that I'm in, which is Toronto. And um, it's been probably one of the greatest joys of my life to experience that. So what was that like for you to just shift um, everything and like set up a new life in Spain? It's so interesting. Yeah, I think it's, it's amazing because I've actually, the funny thing is I've connected with more Canadians since moving to Spain than when I was living in the U.S. I think that's really interesting. But um, I, the immigrant story of just you know, really kind of getting your bearings, trying to adapt to where you are, whether it's, you know, just south of the border in your case, or for me, like crossing a country in an ocean. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, it's really a, um, for one, it's a real exercise in, in really understanding and getting in touch with who you are, because especially in my case, I have the additional layer of speaking another language, which I learned or I thought I knew before I got here. It's very different when you learn it in a book versus when you're speaking it every day. Oh, for sure. Um, and and I think that you know the actual the actual process of understanding who you are and then who you are in another language and finding a way to kind of still be yourself in both. I think that was probably the biggest lesson for me the first couple of years. And then learning to create community. I think um, working on in this online space. When I started my business four years ago, I was really, you know, eager to find people who were other entrepreneurs because I was still very, very much starting out, and I didn't have a lot of people in my immediate network who could I, who I could reach out to. So, I think the the just the the fact that you're in a situation where you have to force yourself out of your comfort zone just by being here on a daily basis makes you braver in a way. Um, because I would go to networking events. I remember my first Spanish networking event. I was looking at a mirror and practicing my pitch and you know rehearsing the words that i wanted to say 
and, you know, talking points because it was, it was a, you know, it was a big leap out of my comfort zone for me. So I think that's just the nature of being in a, in a space that's not any, not familiar to anything that you have. It forces you to, to adapt quicker, I think, be more flexible and really just be braver, um, which I think is what this podcast is all about. Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. Um, I'm, I speak French, not fluently. And when I was growing up, I learned French because I was living in the nation's capital of Canada, which is Ottawa. And you had to learn French. And so, so speaking French back then was a little easier than maybe as an adult. So I can't imagine going to a networking event that would be predominantly French and having to share myself when it's already hard enough to do it in English, right? <laughs> let alone doing it in a completely different culture and language. And so that is, is pretty amazing. And like, and you mentioned you have two different businesses that you're doing. And can you talk a little bit about the one that you have with these other women? It sounds so fascinating to me. Um, how are you guys working together? Right. So it's funny because speaking of being brave, uh, so I decided since I was living here and I was already starting to take on clients in marketing and storytelling in English, I figured it would be good to know a little bit more about what I was, you know, since I lived here and I spoke the language. So I signed up for a Spanish online marketing course and I connected, you know, to a bunch of different entrepreneurs in Spain and Latin America and one of them just so happened to feature me on her blog because she really loved what I was doing. So I reached out to her and I said, thank you for featuring me. I really appreciate it. Would you, would you like to hop on Skype sometime for virtual coffee? And we did. And I felt a really great connection with her as she was a web designer and I was working, you know, still with story and, and copy. And she just seemed to, we just seemed to have like a natural chemistry and we, we seemed to understand each other and our way of doing business was very aligned. And I very bluntly said, and she likes to tell the story laughing to all of our friends, uh, will you be my friend? You seem cool. <laughs> Something along the lines of that. And she's like, sure. <laughs> and she's based in Valencia, which is on, is closer to the Mediterranean. I'm in Madrid. So it's about, I would say, you know, the distance from like San Francisco to LA. And so we just started meeting up regularly on Skype. Uh, we started uh, getting to know each other more, almost in an informal accountability partnership mastermind, if you want to call it that. And then from there, we started referring clients to each other. And I think, I don't remember when the conversation happened, but it was about a year and a half ago, I think. And we had been talking about, well, a lot of people have been in this space online, have really been positioning themselves as personal brands, experts, but what about the entrepreneurs or business owners that are looking to outsource to a team, you know, instead of going through the same typical sort of exercises of ideal customer and client and, and positioning and all that stuff, our skills really complemented each other already. Her as a web designer and me doing story because a lot of people would come to her saying, I don't really know what I'm selling which is kind of like they didn't know how to, to, to position it on their site. And a lot of people would come to me saying, okay, I have the story after having worked with you, where do I house it and how do I apply it? And so we started talking about, well, what if we created a joint service where somebody would walk away with their brand and their website? And she said, well, I actually have another friend who lives, who I've known for like 12 years of my life, who's a graphic designer, 
who I've outsourced stuff to before, do you want to connect with her? And the three of us all hopped on a joint Skype call and said hello and introduced ourselves. And we started working together shortly after that. And that's how Brand in a Bottle came to be of the three of us just, you know, coordinating with each other. And actually it's funny because my second business partner, the graphic designer, she and I didn't meet until about seven months into our collaboration when I finally went over to Valencia for photos, <laughs> which I thought was really interesting. So everything that we do right now is online. We're a virtual team. So we take full advantage of Wi-Fi and really great internet and all the tools like Slack and Asana and Zoom. And we've just been, well, we hired a VA shortly, like about three months into our collaboration and we just hired an intern. So our team is growing. And I keep telling them we need to find somebody else who's bilingual because right now all of you are Spanish and all of you are based in Valencia and I need a little bit of help here. <laughs> um, but we've been able to work with clients in English and Spanish, which has been very, very cool. So that's amazing. What a, a great collaboration and so um, brilliant idea. Just, you know, being able to help people and you now you're still doing your own business, correct? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So each of us still operate with our personal brands because people know us from our, our, our own individual audiences. And it just so happens that if somebody comes through and says they're looking for, you know, story in a website or a website and graphic design or graphic design and something related to copy or story, we can do either combinations of each of our different skill sets or just have them come through completely because a lot of people who come to us are in that rebranding phase, which is actually perfect because that's the audience that I'm serving now. And so once we figured out the hardest part, which is who you are, who you serve and what your new services are, then it's much easier for us to, because I've already done the hardest part of the work with you for us as a team to basically translate that into the visual side of things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's been very, it's been very cool. I've, I've loved the, the journey and it's nice to have a I realized that about a year and a half ago before we started Brand in a Bottle, I missed the swivel in the chair moment that I like as a creative. I'm an introvert, but I really rely heavily on uh, input from other people. And like the swivel in the chair, like, can you come look at this? Like, I just need a second pair of eyes on these things. And I get the, I get basically the best of both worlds with operating my personal brand and having Brand in a Bottle. That's amazing. Now, I love the fact that you're a storyteller. I am fascinated by story. And I think a lot of the reason why I even started this podcast was to tell stories and, and to, cause I get to talk to a lot of women and, and I have for many, many years and I get to hear their stories and now I get to share them and they get to share them here on this platform. But what about storytelling was so interesting to you? Like, why did you, want to start telling people stories? It's funny because I think back to when I was growing up in California and I always got that second question growing up of, no, where are you really from? And I would say I'm really from California. And <laughs> at first it used to really bother me, but that's kind of where my, my abilities and stories started was, oh, I'm I didn't realize that just by having that opportunity for a follow-up question of, where are you really from? I could tell them, well, my parents are from the Philippines and I grew up here. And, and I found that that still kind of carries over with me, even here abroad in Spain or on my, in my travels. And so story for me, I realized very early on is a wonderful way for us to connect with each other as human beings. 
it's a wonderful way for us to raise our collective consciousness of what's possible because when you see a story that's maybe not through a certain lens, it looks slightly different or something a little bit unexpected or goes into a space of vulnerability that maybe wasn't accepted before socially, it raises all of us up because we now have a different idea of, of what's possible. And so in a way, that's what I help my clients do now, right? I find kind of the epic story in their own lives and share it with the audience that will connect with that and then want to work with them as a result. So I, I think in general, one of the things that I love about story is because all of business is um, moving towards something that's much more human, especially you and I as the face of our personal brands. It, people connect with us and what we have to share and what makes us different. And leaning into that actually is going to, is what's ultimately going to set you apart and helping people one, leverage that and two, understand that they actually have a story to tell. Those aha moments are my favorites in, in client calls and in my programs because I see them fully embrace who they are and I see them stand up a little bit taller. You can't really put like a price on, on clarity or ROI from confidence, but when they are now able to speak to people from a place of here's who I am and here's how I want to move through the world and I invite you to join me, that's a much different type of business than one that's very like sales pushy oriented and things are moving away from, from that anyway. So I believe stories are our are, are most powerful tool and our most powerful currency for connection. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I was actually just on a Facebook Live about two days ago and one of the conversations that popped up was the difference between courage and confidence. And we were talking predominantly about confidence at the time, but the, when the question came up, it, it was so interesting to me that we were thinking about like, well, can you have confidence without courage or can you have courage without confidence? And it's all really about taking ownership of your life and your story and yes. who you are. And and I think women are not living confidently when they don't own their story. They're maybe trying to be like someone else or emulating what they see and think, oh, if I could be like her. And I was even sharing this on the Facebook Live. There's a coach that I have been watching for some time, of course, you know, because obviously I'm watching people as well and seeing well, what are they doing? And, and she had this amazing, well, she does have this amazing brand. It's fabulous. But as I started getting on to things that she was doing, I wasn't connecting with her. Like mm -hmm. there was something about her that I didn't connect with once she started the actual process of coaching. And, but yet everything on the outside of what she did looked amazing to me. So mm -hmm. I would start to compare myself to the outside version of her. Yes. And then once I saw the inside view of what was actually happening, and it's probably great for other people, not for me, didn't resonate with me, but I started to realize that I need to, well, you know, confirmation, I guess, run in my own lane and stay focused on what I'm good at and not worry about what other people are doing. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, I mean, you're right. It's really easy for us to, you know, I'm guilty of it as well. Like not, we're not able to turn on the horse blinder, so to speak. And, and we tend to look at what other people are doing and we fall into this trap occasionally of 
assuming that the highlight reel of what they're sharing is the actual state of their of who they are and where their business is. Um, and I think it's important for people to remember one, well, social media and the internet, it's very easy for you to filter out, you know, I'm not going to share a fight with my husband over who's doing the dishes on social, right? But I am going to share, you know, the things that for me make me look good, so to speak, in, in a way. And I think that um, owning owning your story, it's, it's, it's territory that I understand is very delicate for some people because like, you're right, there is this issue of, you know, I want to be authentic and I want to be courageous and I want to share who I am. But it's, it's a very fine line between that and almost, you know, profiting from your pain in a way. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's trying to find that balance of, you know, how do I ultimately share my story in a way that my own ideal customer or my own audience will feel themselves reflected back to them in my journey and without sort of going open kimono as, as I, I, I share with some of my students. Yeah. So I don't know, it's an interesting discussion and you're right. I think when you're in the online space, it's easy for us to assume the, um, you know, that the stories that people are sharing uh, and how they're presenting themselves is, is the actual a way of being uh, being or doing things, but that's that's working for them, right? And and like you said so beautifully, like it's staying in confirmation of staying in your own lane because your strength is highlighting women who are courageous, are highlighting uh, you know women's stories in a way that is real and authentic. So you know there's space for all of us. I think it's it's uh, that's ultimately what I what I, I think is is going to bring us all up as business owners. Now, if you were to work with a client and they came in and they're wanting to share their story, what is like that process look like when they're working with you? Like what's happening? How do you get to that place? So it's funny because people hire me and they're like, okay, I'm ready to share. And I tell them, okay, we're not going to focus on you yet. We have to talk about your audience. They're like what? <laughs> I thought it's my story. And I was like, it's, it's, it's a conversation that I have to guide them through, but it's basically letting them realize that ultimately the story that we're crafting, that's going to connect you to the people who are going to be attracted to and resonate with your message are, is going to be for a certain group of people that you're trying to get in front of to serve. So your story is for them and not for you. So it's first understanding who we were speaking to and how, you know, how to get in front of them and understanding where they are and where they want to be. And finding the part of your story or the angle of your story or the frame that allows you to show them not only that you're that you're trustworthy and that you've walked this path already but that you've created what you're creating from a place of service and so it's framing it first in the ideal client who you're speaking to then going back to your own sort of journey and your past and you know your own motivations or why, which is kind of the crux of why you would be creating this business in the first place. And then finding that parallel between their point A and point B and the fact that you've already walked that journey and showing them that you have what it takes, whether it's the skill set or the knowledge or the passion or the tools or the framework to help them get there. And so it's framing it's framing it around them first, then you, and then positioning your offer as the thing that is the magic sauce, so to speak. Yeah. Because I, I know, I think for a lot of entrepreneurs or people who are, you know, wanting to share their story in some way are looking like, how, how do I do that in a way that 
um, doesn't super expose me, but also helps other people go along the journey that I've been on. And I think so oftentimes we might want to run from our story and be like, you know what, I don't want to tell everybody all of the things that I've been through, but the reality is, is that it probably will help someone if we're able to tell it correctly and if it does connect with someone. And so I love that you're able to kind of walk people through that process. Has there been like a story that's stood out to you along the way? Like someone that's come to you and is like, oh, this is my story. Like anything interesting that you've encountered? I think my hardest story is actually the one that I'm finishing right now. It's uh, it's a woman who she um, is a PhD neurobiologist and works a lot with behavioral change and has specifically focused in the past uh, 15, 15 years uh, on helping, um, on being an advocate for personal safety. And it just so happens that in the context of where we are today with the Me Too movement and the Time's Up movement, she has the skill set and the passion and the, and the desire to actually create those next steps. And so that's been my hardest story to date. It's been it's challenged me. It's pushed me. It's been, it's been, you know, it's, that's an act of bravery in itself that somebody not only wants to take on this, this cultural watershed moment, but also offer people the next steps forward. And for when there's not even been vocabulary invented for this yet. So I think that's probably because I'm so present in it right now. Um, that's the one that stood out the most to me, but there's also been, you know, coaches, there's been wedding photographers I've worked with. There's been, you know, other NGOs and nonprofits who are doing amazing things like helping prevent foodborne illness or, uh, you know, sending teachers to work in Latin America and bring back those skill sets and, uh, to their own classrooms in the U S it's, it's just, you realize how, how important it is, no matter what business you are, whether you're a solopreneur or a Fortune 500 company, to really know, have absolute clarity on who you are and who you're serving. And so that's been, I think that's been the, the unique thing about this for me with story is that I have to adapt very quickly to different audiences and industries without necessarily knowing the next steps or without necessarily having studied those things. And it, it really is just an exercise in not just communication, but um, human empathy. Mm-hmm. And listening. Listening for and the listening. right. Exactly. <laughs> listening exactly. for the right, the right cues and the right things. Because I'm just, even as you're talking, thinking about, you know, for your personal story and, you know, how did you craft that so that you could then serve other people? Yeah. So for me, it's interesting because I just came out of a pivot myself. So it's been funny that almost every single person that I've served or helped guide to find their story, when they're trying to figure out who their ideal customer is or who they want to work with, it's almost always them three or five years ago. It's just somebody who was where, who's only a couple steps on the path behind that they want to serve because they wish this had existed. And so for me, in this, this iteration of my story, so to speak, you know, I initially, I mean, I still tell the story like I did earlier of me moving here, falling in love with Spain, you know, falling in love with my husband, starting a business in two languages. But what I, what I haven't shared yet, at least in this part of the story is that, you know, I came out of the pivot because I found myself, you know, basically responding more 
to what types of clients came in. Like I shared with you, I've, I've worked with all kinds of businesses and I wasn't really filtering out who I wanted to work with. And so, you know, there was also a culmination of that. And, you know, my grandmother at the time of this recording passed away around this time last year. And, and that kind of forces you to question yourself and your, your own sort of role in as a business owner, as a person, the kind of impact that you want to make, the, the sort of short-sightedness of focusing on, well, I'll just serve everybody and I have an ROI that I have to be measuring or metrics that I have to be following. And then you lose somebody who's very close to you and you realize that at her funeral, you don't talk about how many days, you know, she was serving her, you know, she was working you talk about the legacy of love that she left behind and the type of impact that she made on other people. And so the story that I'm, at least this iteration that I'm telling now as, as we're speaking is how I came out of my own pivot because, you know, I was forced to, based on my circumstances, to reevaluate what it is that I wanted and the type of business that I wanted to create because it was, it was going well, but the iteration of it that I had wasn't one that I was fully happy with. And I didn't think it was leveraging all of my strengths and passions and the person that I'd involved into. So now I, after having gone through the process of asking myself those questions, really understanding the kind of person I wanted to be and how I wanted to move forward and the type of people that I knew that my skill set could help and the types of stories that I wanted to help tell, that's what has culminated in, in this version of my story or this chapter of my story, I guess, if you want to say that, um, reflecting my evolution now and wanting to help other people who are in that same situation of, I feel a disconnect between my talents and, and the type of people that I want to connect with, or I've maybe, uh, gone through a, an online course and, and felt like, okay, I followed all the steps, but this business still doesn't feel like me, or I've, outgrown my audience and mission and I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do that. And how do I invite people to follow me along for that journey? And so all of those things are basically the exact story that I just went through a few months ago mm-hmm. um, and coming through that for my own pivot. And so that's the story that I'm telling now. Now, do you know um, Jasmine Starr? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. As soon as you, you were talking about that, it reminded me of her story and changing brand from photographer to, um, social media strategist. And, and, and also, you know, she is brilliant at even leveraging the story of why she started photography as well. Mm -hmm. That's amazing to me, even, you know, to hear your story and how from the depth of your personal life came a shift. And, and I think that is so important, I think, for entrepreneurs to hear for anyone who is in any kind of influence or position. And I think that we all are, really, because we all have community in which we have influence over. So it's sharing that part of us and being able to connect with people on that level. Like, what has been maybe the scariest part of that for you in this journey as you've pivoted? I think honestly, and I liken this very often to it's, it's like climbing Mount Everest, but for the second time. And the first time you climb it without really having any sort of 
point of reference for what that journey is going to look like. And so you just keep trudging, you keep taking one step to the other and you've worked your way up to a place where you feel, you know, good and satisfied with how things are working in your business. And a pivot is almost like going back to base camp. And you're like, I remember that first journey. It sucked, (laughs) you know? And I think that that's the hardest part really is just understanding that you're having to go through this again. You're having to, you know, not restart uh, because you're still, you know, serving your clients and you have your things that are in place for, for this moving forward. But you do feel like you are in this new chapter and things feel new again. And that's scary because you were like, well, I've let go of something that I know is working. And is this going to work as well? Is this going to go better? And so I think it's that still those what if questions of, okay, this is, this is something that I'm super happy and comfortable with because this is me standing in my truth and in this, in this chapter of my story that I'm ready to own. But there is that doubt of, did I let something go too soon or did I let something go that was working and I, should I, should I have stuck it out? So, so yeah, those are probably the questions that you, that you'll grapple with. Uh, but I, as I've told my, my clients who I'm working with now who are rebranding or pivoting, would you rather the pain of staying where you are just because you're afraid that someone's going to think of you as, you know, un, you know, wishy-washy or unable to commit or, uh, you know, that's really capricious and is changing their mind every two seconds. And so for that reason, you stay because you're like, I'm worried what people will think and you end up being more unhappy staying where you are, or would you rather the pain of climbing Mount Everest again and knowing that when you get to that top the second time, it's going to feel that much sweeter because it's, it's really who you are at this given point and the person that you've evolved to be. And it's that second pain, so to speak, that I would take over staying where I am and, and holding on just for the sake of it. How was that process for you when you actually made the shift? So the actual process started with um, something really basic that I do already every day, which is journaling a lot. Um, I journaled a lot, especially after my grandmother passed, because that was my way of, you know, trying to work through my grief. And then it really turned into, you know, speaking to a couple of trusted advisors and, and, you know, obviously my husband, but really my sort of inner circle of people that I knew could reflect back to me what I needed them to in that moment. So in this case, my business partners with Brandon the Bottle, a couple of accountability partners that I have who we, you know, we really want to see the other person succeed. So I really counted on them for their feedback and for guiding me and kind of reflecting those questions back to me when I still wasn't really quite sure of what the answers were. And so those are the people that I leaned on first. And then afterwards, it was really just, you know, coming back to the essence of like, who do I want to be and why am I doing this and why am I creating this and answering all of those questions and then thinking of who am I serving and what do they most need for me given where I am right now and again finding that intersection for myself and really from there that's when the answer started to fall into place of of just the type of business that I wanted to be uh, to have the type of business owner that I wanted to be the the type of people that I wanted to to continue to serve moving forward, and I honestly feel like I've come out of the of it the other side feeling much more aligned internally 
and externally in my messaging and how I speak about what I do to others. And I can definitely see it in the quality of client I'm working with now too. Mm -hmm. You know, as you're saying this, I'm, I'm really struck even in relationships. I know it's kind of veering a little off course, but bear with me. I'm, I'm going to go somewhere here with this, but I follow. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just reminds me, you know, you're, we're talking about business, but we could so easily just be talking about life and relationships. Yes. And um, as women, as we mature in age and grow and our character changes and life circumstance happens to us, oftentimes we feel like, well, people know me as this. And you know, business aside or what you do aside, just even personally, we feel like people think of me as this one thing, or I have thought of me as this one thing. And I'm have become, use the word become because it's always on top of mind. But as mm -hmm. I turned 40, which is now a few years ago, and I, people often think, why do you say your age so much? And I think probably because I feel like I need to in this day to be able to show that you can keep growing and moving and be in your forties. Yes. And you can connect to other generations, even as a person in her early forties. But when you get to a certain point, um, you start to take off the layers of the person you were and things that no longer serve you that you spent your twenties and thirties doing. And all of a sudden I am now unbecoming and finding mm -hmm. in that place for me, it's like all of these things I wanted to become, I'm now unbecoming them. And I love that. It, no, I didn't make it up, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I will do, I will use it. Um, but it, it's still, it's one of those places for me where it's like realizing in that place that we are always changing, we're growing, we're, um, we're learning. And if we stop doing that, then we get stale and stagnant in our relationships, in our businesses and being able to, that's messy. Like it's not like a seamless transition. Trust me, this part of unbecoming for me was really hard. And I've already been now in three careers. So this is my third one. And in unbecoming a teacher and then unbecoming a pastor, and then now starting something else is a place where it's like, oh my gosh, what if people don't like me? Oh my gosh, what if I'm not what they need? Or what if I'm not what I need? Or And there's so many fears, I think, around that change in our lives. And and yet being able to connect with other people, because if we're honest, we're all changing and growing and we yeah. need those points of connection. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're so, I love that idea of unbecoming. I know you said it's not yours, but I'm writing it down. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have it with me. Yeah. I've definitely used it a lot lately and more women that I'm talking to around my age are, you know, saying, yeah, that, that like totally makes sense. And I get it. And I know that it's different for, you know, women in their twenties and it's different for women in their thirties. Um, and that's great because everyone has their own story to tell and place to be at. And I think one of the things that I think is good for us all to remember is that as we journey, we can totally journey together and 
and be at a different place and still connect on, on deep heart things and um, resonate with one another because of um, shared experience or um, shared similarities that we connect with. Absolutely. I, I think you, know, you, you hit the nail on the head there. It really is about, you know, I think one thing is the fact, like you said, that we're always changing and evolving, but it's also the fact that for connection and for a feeling of belonging and for, as we move forward and, and become sort of the truest, highest version of ourselves as we unbecome, we are also inviting other people to join us in that journey, even if it's messy, even if it's imperfect, even if it's, you know what, I'm really not quite sure. I'm in transition. I don't have a pretty package bow version of the story to share with you yet, but will you come with me on this ride? And, and I think that's ultimately what brings us closer is even as we evolve, we're looking for those points of, of connection through, hey, I see you. And um, I witness that there's something in your journey that's parallel to mine. I'm sure we have points in common to share. And well, why don't we walk this path together as we figure it out? And I think that's the beauty of, of story and, and you know, being vulnerable and being courageous enough to share that with others, even when you're in transition, I think is so powerful. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I love that you're doing this and I'm, I'm loving the conversation. <laughs> well, <me too. laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's totally right up my alley. And, you know, just one more question before we close today, but I want to know, like, what is something that you are still yet to do? Like that you are kind of eyeballing and thinking, I'd love to do that. And I'm want to jump into that. Yeah. I think a big thing that I've been grappling with lately, especially as you know, I've, I've, I've unbecome to this version of myself, <laughs> um, is, is really how can I help other, other women, especially other minority women, um, particularly Asians and Asian Americans, because I, you know, I look around my space and I don't see as many examples because I know, I know I have so much to learn. I know I'm not the smartest person in the room, but I don't see as many of, of my own sort of stories reflected back to me or similar stories reflected back to me in that sense. And, and I think about it a lot, like what is the responsibility that each of us, like you said, with our platform and our influence has to, you know, not just telling our stories and inspiring, inspiring others to, to dream and imagine that it's possible for them as well. But how do we, you know, turn around and reach our hand behind us and invite that person to join us too and bring them forward that, you know, we can show people, you know, minorities or women or whoever it is that it's possible to succeed in business and that you don't have to look or talk or be a certain way. You just have to leverage what you already have and who you already are with integrity and owning your truth. And I think that's the space that I want to try and I'm still figuring it out. That's a story for me that's in transition, but I want to carve out a path for those types of stories to continue to be told and invite people along the journey with me. Well, I know that people are going to go, they're going to join the journey with you because uh, you have, you're have a very well, very compelling way of, of sharing that. So thank I want to thank you so much. Um, I'm just thrilled that you joined me all the way from Spain. And if people want to connect with you, how can they do that? So you can find me if you're an entrepreneur in the middle of a pivot, or you're thinking of how do I up-level my business? I have a free group called Pivot with Purpose. So not newbie entrepreneurs, but 
business owners who are anti-hustle and really looking to make income and impact that I'd love for you to join. And you can find me obviously on my website, katethebella.com, or if you need help with your brand and website on brandinthebottle.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the Courage Cast today. And I hope that someday we get to connect in person. Likewise, I have so many friends now in Canada that I'm just like, I need to head over there <laughs> just to say hello. But thank you so, so much for what you do with this with this podcast. Obviously, it resonated with me so much as a storyteller and hearing other stories of women who are pushing the boundaries of what's possible and, and owning their truth is really inspirational. And I, I'm grateful that you're in the space. Well, thank you. And you're welcome in Canada anytime. Fantastic. Same here in Spain. I want to thank Kay for sharing her story so brilliantly today. She is definitely a top-notch communicator, and I'm so glad to have been able to talk with her. There are so many things that I'm taking away from this conversation personally that I want to apply to my own life. But the most important lesson of all is that we all have our own story to tell. We don't have to be like anyone else, and we can run in our own lane and share our experiences with the world. And it's going to be that authenticity that has the greatest impact. So if you want to connect with Kay or access today's show notes, then head over to thecouragecast.com. And until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Cast, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. The Courage Cast is produced by Stephen Crilly.